this morning, you know, we're wrapping up Thanksgiving season, and I'm really thankful for um, a lot of things. But this week, I'm really thankful for um, my church family that I grew up with. Um, this is my church family that I grew up with from ages 4 to 18, and I've kind of been gone the last five or six years to other places. Um, but something I'm really thankful for is how much we celebrate Thanksgiving on a weekly basis and how, you know, this morning Timothy uh, reminded us of our thanksgiving, of all the things that Christ has done for us. And that's why we do the Lord's Supper. We, we give thanks every week. And I appreciate the priority that um, our church family has set on that um, since I was four years old. And I appreciate that. I also am thankful for all the volunteers uh, teaching growing up that dealt with this. I know Monica and Jenny are back there in the booth, and they're still volunteering and still teaching, and they dealt with this for a long time. I know Aaron mentioned that when he came and spoke, and there's a lot of stories with that, um, most of which I probably don't remember, but I'm sure they could tell some good ones. Um, and then there's also just this all uh, plenty of giants in the faith that I could look up to when I was growing up that were just service all the time. Every every event, you saw them there, and they were here with a happy heart and serving the Lord and just showing me what it's like to serve the bride of Christ and also just to serve Jesus. Um, I'm also thankful for my parents that they took me serious, that I wanted to do this. Um, I saw Aaron doing this a couple months ago, and I was like, well, if Aaron can do it, then anybody can. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I look up to Aaron, despite us being very similar in age, I look up to Aaron. Aaron has been a great friend and uh, a, a good leader um, as he's uh, left this area as well. Um, a personal update, I don't live here anymore. I live in Little Rock. I went to Harding for a few years and graduated from there in May of 2020, and then that same month moved down to Little Rock where I found a church home with Pleasant Valley Church of Christ, if you're familiar with them. Um, and now, I, I mean, I have a good church family in there, and I'm also getting plugged in with a ministry called Downline. Um, Downline is a ministry that is plugged into several cities. I think it started in Memphis, and now it's in Little Rock and Northwest Arkansas and Conway, Arkansas. Um, and it's a ministry that is not connected necessarily to just uh, one congregation, but is connected to the universal um, church of Christ. And um, that we, we serve the city that we're in. It's not just one congregation that we want to serve. And that the, the idea is down the line is equipping disciples for Jesus to, to go out into the church and then be able to equip um, disciples as well. And that's where my heart is right now, and that's where the message is going to come from uh, this morning. Um, so the goal today is to have some encouragement and to feel equipped that we are able to be disciples of Christ and to make other disciples of Christ. Um, so... When talking about discipling, uh, I immediately turned to um, the Great Commission. And a lot of you have heard the Great Commission, and it's kind of deemed as the last words, at least to the 11, uh, that Jesus had. And I don't know, there, there's a kind of a stigma or a stereotype, I don't know the right word, um, around last words. You know, when, when you hear someone's last words, I, I personally have not been on a deathbed with someone who are that was on their deathbed, and they, they spoke, you know, some truth or wisdom into me or some last words. But I, if you have, then you really know what this is like, and you could probably tell me what that person said uh, in their final words. Um, but even if you haven't, you understand the idea that 
someone's last words matter. I know there, there's, a, there's a lot of weight that's put on someone's last words. You know, the, maybe cliche movie line like, take care of your mother for me. I mean, but it's real. Like, people take those last words and they live those out because that person matters to them. So they're going to, um, they're going to care about what their last words said and they're probably going to do what they said. You know, if you say, take, if my dad told me, take care of uh, your mother for me, I'm not going to be like, well, I got other things going on. It's going to be a, okay, I will, I will do that because you're asking me to do that and I love you. Um, so let's take that into um, reading this passage um, a lot of us are familiar with in the Great Commission uh, in Matthew uh, chapter 28, 16 through 20. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When, we saw, when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I, will, I am with you always, to the very end of the age. We've probably heard this many times. Um, I, we, in Downline, we, we started out with this because this is kind of the base of, you know, the, the vision of Downline is based off not necessarily just this verse, but the idea of making disciples. And that's where we're going to focus today. Um, and just to start off, um, the 11 disciples went to Galilee on the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. I, I don't know if this is weird to you or not. Um, Jesus had told them to go here before he died and and I know you see that some doubted well I mean he was just dead and now he's alive um so that I think that's pretty normal and we're going to skip over that today um but the the idea that he planned this in Matthew 26 um and the angel of the Lord came and told him in Matthew 28 like go to the place where he told you to go in Galilee um so even before his death he he planned this meeting so you know it's important um, he, he knows what he's going to say here, um, and I think if, if you have any sort of planned meeting far out ahead, you know, like, there's, there's some importance to it, um, and so that, and all authority has been given to him, so, I mean, he's speaking like Jesus spoke, and with authority and, um, and all that, um, let's so, and that was in Matthew 26, where he had, uh, told them. So two chapters before, he's telling him, um, you know, when I resurrect, and they're just like, what? Um, when I resurrect, I'm going to come back, and I'm gonna, we're going to talk about these things. Um, but we're going to do a passage, a little breakdown of uh, the, the red text, I guess. We're going to do a breakdown. I think it's Ru- Rudyard Kipling, maybe his best friends, uh, when it comes to uh, interpreting and observing text or any sort of literature is asking who, what, when, where, how, all those questions. So we're going to do that with this text. So we're going to be here a while. Um, Let's see. So let's start with who. Let's observe. He's talking to the leaven, as it's noted in verse 16. So he's talking to um, his committed disciples that have been with him along the way. Um, You know, they've been through a lot with him. Um, They know him well, and so he's 
he's talking to them specifically, but how do we, you know, interpret who he's talking to uh, now? Um, you know, you know when, when dad would tell us growing up, you know, clean up the dishes or set the table, and he, maybe he didn't say specifically who to do it, you know, we're all sitting on the couch, and he comes back, and he's like, why isn't this done? And the reason why he's asking why isn't this done is because nobody did anything. And we're just saying, well, that's his play. I mean, he could have done it. And, and so what he gave on everybody, you know, it became nobody's responsibility. So the, the Great Commission, yeah, it's told to these 11, and it's told to these committed followers of Christ. But let's personalize this because uh, what, what is everyone's uh, responsibility becomes no one's responsibility. And so who is he talking to? He's talking to me. Um, if you're a committed and baptized follower of Christ, he's talking to you. He's talking to me. Um, so we're going to make it personal because then you're going to take it seriously. You're not going to, oh, well, it's the minister's job or it's the elder's job. No, like it, it is our job um, to do this. He's talking to me. So who? Me. Um, and what is he telling me to do? Um, there's, there's um, I told Jenny before I was going to do some I guess literature breakdown. I don't. I'm, I was horrible at English, but there's four action verbs that we're gonna um, look at in verse uh, 19 and 20 here. Um, so you you could ask um, when we were getting taught this. We had a bit more time, so we took a little more. Um, you know who or what? What is the command of the great command? Um, or, and how many commands are there? Um, and so we're going to look at the verbs go, um, make disciples, baptizing, and teaching. Those are the four kind of action verbs that we're going to look at. And I know a lot of times when this verse is uh, taught, it's taught on like a mission Sunday where um, going is kind of the verb but we're, or the command. But uh, Jenny, you might want to help me out. Give me a thumbs up or thumbs down. Like an imperative mood um, is pointing to the verb that I guess is the most, I don't know, it's the subject of the sentence? Uh, yeah, close enough. All right. So, um, and then all the participle verbs kind of point to the imperative mood? So, okay, close enough. Um, so, just for today and for, I guess, the Great Commission purpose. Um, go, baptizing, and teaching. Yeah, they're verbs and they're, they're commands, but the main command of the, the Great Commission is to make disciples. Because you can't make disciples without going, and you can't make disciples without baptizing and teaching. Um, but you can, I guess, go and baptize and teach without making dis- disciples necessarily. Um, so what is he asking us to do? He's asking us to make disciples. Um, so... The question I would ask is, well, then what is a disciple? Uh, it, it literally is just a learner or a follower, um, but in, in text and in, as the disciples here, they're reproducers of what, who they follow. Um, so you'd say we wouldn't be Christ-like. Um, disciples are Christ-like people who um, think like Christ, they act like Christ, and what, Christ, what does Christ do? I mean, we have you know, four Gospels to learn about what he does. But, I mean, he longs for the nations. And, um, but it's kind of weird. He longs for the nations, but he only goes through 
you know, 12 people, but really 11. Um, so what does that look like for us? Um, we are to be reproducers of Christ and be disciples as well. Um, so who? Me. Um, what are we doing? We're making disciples. Uh, and now when? Um, so go, the verb that's usually taught as um, the command to go and to um, make disciples of all nations uh, is better translated maybe as as you go. Um, and so Jesus right now, I, I, I like this analogy because I'm a, I'm a sports guy, um, but Jesus is right now, he, he's huddling up. Um, he's talking to his team and he, he's, he's drawing to play and then what happens in football as soon as you break the huddle? You go make the play. Um, so right now he's, he's huddling up, and as soon as this is done, like it's time to go. So when? Now. And it's as, as you're going immediately. Um, you know, and I talked about Mission Sundays in a lot of churches. It's like, oh, we talk about how there's going to be, you know, a Dominican trip maybe in the summer. It's like, well, I'll fulfill the Great Commission when I go um, to the, the, the Dominican Republic in, um, in July. Uh, but really, that, that means you're going to you know, wait all those months when really it's as you're going, you can do it right now. So who is he talking to? He's talking to me. Um, he's talking to you. What is he wanting us to do? He wants us to make disciples. When? As you go, right now. Um, and where? And in, in the text, all nations. So, but you just told me, well, as you go, you know, that kind of seems as like right now, like I'm in Indiana, um, but all nations, um, it's not an or. Um, we, we're not either going, we're not discipling here or, you know, sending people here. It, it's an and. It's happening here and there. Um, as you go is where you, wherever you are. It's not a when you're on a mission trip or when you move to the Dominican Republic to be a missionary, uh, I, we got in downline, we got to meet uh, a couple who they had been youth ministers for a while and they were doing it, you know, in their home community where they kind of grew up. And then they just all of a sudden had this calling of like, you know, we want to go to Japan and uh, which, you know, sounds scary and wild to a lot of people, but it's like they, they did a lot of prayer and a lot of discerning and, you know, Japan's open, and they, can, they allow missionaries to come in freely, and it's kind of a, a sleeping giant, one would say, in, in the Christian faith because it's, they're very uh, religious freedom over there, but it's, it's something that, you know, it got put on their heart. They were doing it here and now, but then they went out, um, or they haven't gone yet, but they're, they're getting ready to go to Japan and uh, fulfill the Great Commission in all nations. So it's not neither here nor there. It is both. It is wherever you are, and this is wherever um, God is leading you. You know, if you're a teacher uh, here, in, here in southern Indiana, like, praise God, you can disciple and um, be a, a light for people there. If you're, you know, a, a doctor, an engineer, anything, it's wherever you are, you can, you can disciple, and you can be that influence um, in, in your home congregation. It doesn't have to be... Um, and all nations and going. Um, so who's he talking to? He's talking to me. What is he telling me to do? He's telling me to make disciples right now, wherever I am. So, um, you know, if if maybe you 
well, I'll move on to how. So, how is, well, we have these verbs, teaching and baptizing, um, which is wonderful. Like, teaching and baptizing is um, great evangelistic things to do. And, um, you know, he said, do all that I have commanded you. Um, so we have a lot of scripture and a lot of things to do, but we're, where we're going to focus and we're going to move first to 2 Timothy um, chapter 2. And Timothy, um, you know, is kind of the, a son in the faith. You know, Paul doesn't have a son, but his son in the faith that he is plugged into and he is discipled for, you know, um, many years. And, uh, you know, this is... Paul sitting in jail, you know, he knows it's his last few um, weeks or months to live, and um, Timothy knows it too, and, you know, he's just exhorting him and, and trying to encourage him and get him in the right frame of mind so that when Paul's gone, you know, he has some words to hang on to. It's kind of like the Great Commission, you know, it's just kind of his last words to his beloved son in the faith. Um, in Second Timothy 2, 1 through 2, you then, my son, be strong in, the, in grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable men who also be qualified to teach others. Um, in some translations, um, reliable men is faithful, faithful men. Uh, so he's telling, you know, teach what I have taught you because follow me as I have followed Christ. So Paul is teaching what Christ is, was teaching. And then Paul had taught that to Timothy, and now he's saying, now tell that to people, um, to faithful men. So you're, you're, you're passing on this information and this um, teaching to people that are like-minded and that are, that are faithful. Um, you know, you don't want to sow seed necessarily on people who don't really want to hear it. But you're going to disciple people that you're close to and that you know have a heart for the Lord. Um, so... What did he, um, Paul, or I guess, what did Timothy hear Paul say? He said um, right here, you know, and all the things you have heard me said. Well, what did uh, Paul hear, or Timothy hear Paul say? Um, and later on in Second uh, Timothy as well, chapter 3, verse 10, he says, You, however, you know all my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, my faith, my patience, my love, endurance, and persecutions and sufferings. So like Paul and Timothy, they have been through it together. You know, he, he's been um, living life with him. And you've seen me in the face of adversity and persecutions. And you've seen my faith and all the things I've taught you. Um, so you would say in this, um, all, all my teaching, my way of life, that he is he has shared with Timothy, his disciple, two things um, summarized, and that's truth and life. Um, and we'll, we'll keep talking about that truth and life, but truth in that you know all my teaching, um, and that you know my way of life, my my purpose, my faith, my love, endurance. So you've we've lived life together, and I've also taught you the gospel. Um, so you know when when I when I've been in maybe a discipling. Um, situation, it you don't want all all truth and no life. Um, all truth and no life kind of just breeds this maybe legalistic or just you know I feel like a project. 
You know, I, I feel like they're just preaching at me and not, they're not loving me and, um, you know, living life with me. So, but having all life and, and no truth is, oh, I mean, friendships are great, but like in the, in the scheme or the, the eyes of eternity, um, you know, friendships aren't, I guess, eternal. Um, but where you have truth and life together, you can really breed a good relationship that uh, breeds more disciples. Um, and so, some more truth in life. We're going to go to First uh, Thessalonians, uh, where this is kind of a Paul's, I guess, church baby. He he loves them a lot. Uh, it's kind of their his his favorite little love child, and they're in his second uh, missionary journey where he had been there, and they they'd gone through some trials, and he was not there very long, but they had some great faith, and he was really encouraged by them, and. Right here in First Thessalonians 2. As apostles of Christ, we could have been a burden to you, but you were gentle among you, like mother caring for her little children. We loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Sounds a lot like truth and life. Um, because you have become so dear to us, surely... You remember, brothers, our toil and hardship. We work day, night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preach the gospel of God to you. You are witnesses, and so is God, of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believed. For you know that we dealt with you um, as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you in his kingdom and glory. Um, so, in these two verses, or I guess in these two little um, sections, uh, Paul says to his, his church in Thessalonica that we were like a mother to you. Um, we were caring, loving, um, but also, you know, three, four verses later, he's like, we were like a father to you. You know, we were encouraging and urging you to live lives worthy of God. It sounds a lot like parenting. Um, so discipling, really sharing truth in life is spiritual parenting. Um, I don't have kids. Paul didn't have kids, but he was parenting people in the faith. And um, so that means we can all do that. And it's not so hard. All you're doing is sharing the truth and life. Um, so that's who. He's talking to me. He's talking to you. Um, what? He's telling us to make disciples. Um, when and where, just now and as you are going. Um, and how? Well, you're, you're sharing truth in life, you're teaching, you're baptizing, uh, you're spiritual parenting. Um, and now we're going to go to why. Um, so if, if just bringing glory to God is not, I guess, enough, um, we're, we're, we're going to jump into uh, some more First um, Thessalonians uh, chapter 2. Uh, where, you know, in verses 13, we're going to skip 13 through 16, um, where Paul's just reminding them of all the stuff they've gone through and all the, you know, they they had been pretty much ran out of town because they had flipped the world upside down, said in uh, Acts 17. And they were, just by discipling, you know, they weren't doing anything too crazy. They were just teaching and sharing truth and life with one another and they turned Thessalonica upside down and they got chased out of town 
And uh, so he, he's, he's asking them to recall that. And here in 1 Thessalonians 2, 17 through 20, Justin read it for us earlier. Um, we're going to read it here again. But brothers, we were torn away from you for a short time in person, not, but not in thought. Out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you. For we wanted to come to you, certainly I, Paul, did, again and again. But Satan stopped us. Uh, I want to stop right there. Because uh, in the last couple of years, I've really gotten this kind of spiritual world, kind of world view. Um, I would, just a short note, I would say if Satan isn't trying to stop you, um, there's only two I guess this this may be a, a bit of a stinger. There's only two kind of like things that are going on. It's either he has you right where you want you, um, so he's he's in your life and you don't even know it, or two, you're not doing enough for Christ for him to even worry about um, trying to stop you. Um, and so for me personally, it was I had no idea that he was in my life, just changing me. But um, you know, but Satan stopped him. Um, for, for what is our hope, what is our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. Um, I, I, I like, right here I'm thinking about when, when Jesus comes, and when, if you can even imagine like looking up to him and talking to him, if you're not just, you know, bowing at his feet and, uh, not even able to look at him, but just the idea of him saying, you know, good and faithful servant, just that, that mindset to, to come up to Jesus and say, um, once you've been discipling your whole life, you know, and you have these, this downline of disciples that you've taught, you know, and Paul has plenty of churches, but here in Thessalonica, he's telling them, you know, when I get to God, you know, when, when Jesus comes, and I say, like, God, look, look what I've done for you. Like, this, is, this was all for you. All this teaching and all of this um, uh, discipling was all for your glory. And so right here, he kind of exhorts the, uh, the Thessalonica church and says, are you not our glory? Um, indeed, you are our glory and joy. Um, I've been able to, me and a, a friend of mine, down in um, Little Rock at our church, we, this January we were able to uh, start discipling. Uh, they were in eighth grade then in January, but now they're they're freshmen in high school, and there's I think it's, you know eight of them. And already I mean, we haven't done a ton of discipling, but we've tried to start you know sharing the truth with them and living life with them. And I feel this passage so much because uh, any time you see them kind of express any sort of faith or good service, you're just like fist pumping. I mean, you can't do that in front of them, but like you're just, you feel like a spiritual parent and like we've made this partnership with parents um, that, and we made it clear, like we're not, obviously we're not trying to be or replace you as parents, but we're trying to work with you and be spiritual parents. And, you know, we go to their football games and we're just, we're cheering them on and whatnot when, you know, Jordan makes his first varsity tackle. You're just like, you're amped up. And, you know, it, it, like, obviously it's not about football, but, like, these guys, when we t- come to Jesus, we're going to be like, like, we plugged into them because, you know, God 
for your glory. Um, and so, I, I, in, in closing, I want to exhort you all, I encourage you all that this is a very, I don't know, important part of Scripture. Um, oh, I never changed it to that verse, sorry. Um, the Great Commission is something to be taken very serious. Um, you know, he's talking to us. He's telling us to make disciples right now as we're going, sharing truth and life, and doing it all for the glory of God. Um, you know, and, and if you're a baptized believer, I think, I think this, this is talking to you, and this is something that you can start taking seriously right now um, and, and I know some of you are thinking, well, you know, I disciple my kids and that, and that's, oh, praise God for that. And that, that is a good thing. Um, I, I talked to a guy who he's done a couple of church plants. His name's Shylin. He, he's actually, I think a rapper too, but he writes music and he, he plants churches and he, I asked him cause I knew I was going to be doing this. I asked him like, what do you tell the parents that, uh, you know, like about discipling? Cause, um, you know, parents have a lot on their plate and, you know, discipling maybe kids outside of um, their homes could be overwhelming and that just doesn't even sound like it could a possibility. And he told me, I mean, discipling starts in the home. Um, so having, you know, worship night um, all the, like weekly or um, having prayer together with your children to making that a regular habit that you're, you're discipling in the home. And then once that's a solidified thing, you bring other people into it. Um, I don't know what that looks, could look like for you. I know an example that I was thinking of is, you know, that some, uh, a couple maybe that has a young baby or something that, you know, that they're maybe one life stage ahead of me. Um, I'm single. I don't have any kids. So, you know, for them to bring me into the house, they don't have to clean the house. They, they bring, bring me into their mess. So they, I mean, they can see or that I can see what they're doing and, um, and invite other people in so you can disciple. And, and this is, this is for all ages. Um, whether you're a teen or, um, unbaptized, like this is, to uh, um, a prime time, you know, um, elder, it, it, it's for everyone. And um, I want to, I guess, encourage everybody to, if you don't have this, uh, to pray about it. To uh, one, of, one of the disciples that came and spoke to us, he said what he tells people, like oh, when they say, you know, I, I haven't had anyone to um, disciple. I don't know who to disciple. Um, he says, well, Go, go for 40 days, pray about this. And then if, if nothing comes back in 40 days, you know, come, come talk to me and we, we can figure something out for somebody that you can disciple. And he's been telling that for years and years and he's never had anybody come back to him. So if you want this, all you have to do is pray for this and God will give you that, per, shine a light on that person that you need to be discipling. Um, maybe, maybe you're thinking, well, I'm not qualified enough to disciple. I, I, know I don't know enough about the gospel. Um, and if, if that's if that's a real fear, um, the spirit um, it, it bridges that gap for you. Like when you need to speak the truth, um, pray for the spirit and pray for um, th- that knowledge, and he will bring a word uh, to you. But also, um, Paul in Galatians two, I really like this. Um, it's when he was a uh, maybe 
a spiritual teenager or a spiritual infant. Um, he, he was, he had his gospel figured out in his head, you know, but he hadn't started preaching it yet. And so then he went down to Jerusalem, uh, and talked to the elders that he, he had heard good word that, you know, they're good and faithful Christians. Um, and he was going to, ma- he, he pretty much preached his gospel to them so that he could, um, see if he was, his words, running um, the right race or running a, a, the good race. Um, so that you're not running, you know, preaching a false gospel. I, I mean, that is a dangerous thing. And if you feel um, unequipped to preach the gospel, then, you know, talk to the elders and see if your gospel is online with what the gospel really is. Um, but yes, bring somebody in. Um, it's It's not as... I don't feel qualified, you know, to lead a church or to lead people necessarily to Christ. But when we're discipling people, it's like if you simplify it to, I mean, I'm just sharing my life with them and I'm sharing the truth with them. Um, And so if you've never done this, I I would pray about it and and do this because this is the great commission of Christ. And, um, you know, it. It's really on my heart right now in this season, but I, I don't think it's a, a a kick or a something that's not going to keep going. Like this is a a lifestyle that you know Jesus lived and that Paul lived and all these um, disciples they lived this out and they had their disciples. Um, so yeah, pray pray about someone to disciple, or if you want to be discipled, um, pray for that as well. Because I know there's a lot of uh, adults that want to um, plug into somebody, maybe a, a life stage below them. Um, I have a guy right now that's listening online that I've been having lunch with that's uh, a couple life stages ahead, but he, and, and he's just speaking wisdom and encouraging me. Um, and then I have the guys that I'm able to plug into from the church. And then there's people, you know, cross line that are about in the same shoes that I am that I can share, you know, truth and life with as well that, um, that, that we're together on this and that we can and disciple one another um, as iron sharpens iron. Um, if you're not baptized this morning uh, and you want to be a disciple, um, you know, we always have an open invitation here to, um, to come forward and to be baptized. Uh, if, if maybe you're struggling or if you haven't maybe been living the life, maybe you think uh, Christ wants you to live, also um, we'll have elders up here that uh, can pray over you and we can do that. But um, for now, I want to invite Brent back up to sing um, and, and sing us out, and then we'll have uh, our shepherd's prayer. But um, thank you all for listening. Um, I'm not a preacher. Um, I don't pretend to be, but uh, with the Spirit and with um, what the Spirit has put on my heart, truth and life um, and discipling, it's a very real thing for everybody to uh, to get on board with. Um, Thank you.